I believe business is actually, uh, uh, if you could say, and I'm, is particularly as an entrepreneur, is, a, is an emanation of what you are within yourself emanates out within the business, right? And it does take time. The business is a slow moving beast. It takes time to get to where it really needs to be, right? But, you know, I, I ultimately within myself, I want to be authentic and I want to provide authentic good products and I want to help generally help people, if you know what I mean. That was Dwayne Martins and this is the Euphoria Health Podcast. Howdy there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Euphoria Health Podcast. For anyone that's joining in the conversation for the first time, my name is Matt Sapala, and I am your host. Welcome along if you are joining for the first time, and welcome back if this isn't your first time. I guess if this is your first time tuning in, My name is Matt, as I mentioned before, and I'm a qualified personal trainer and I'm currently studying a Bachelor of Health Science majoring in nutrition. I'm extremely passionate about holistic health and all of the pillars that fall under this umbrella. I'm also so passionate about longevity and sustainability through everything that we do. Through this platform, I aim to add value to your life by educating and inspiring you on ways to create healthful decisions each and every day. And I want these decisions to add years to your life. I live by this philosophy through my coaching and through the podcasts. I don't want to be your quick fix. I want to be your only fix. I'm super excited this week to share this podcast with your friends. I sat down with CEO and founder of my favorite supplement brand, Amazonia Co. Dwayne Martins is an incredibly humble and inspiring man aiming to change the lives of many through his global health food company. This podcast dove into an area that we've never really explored on the show and that's business. I loved chatting with Dwayne about this and it's something that I'm starting to find a little bit of a passion within and I think being involved in a business and being self-employed it's something that you know I've always put on the back burner education around business but something that is really really vital when running your own business and when even working for someone I think it's also great to understand all of the different pillars and understand how you can really do what you love and have an income from it. I love chatting with Dwayne about his experience starting Amazonia Co from the ground up, literally selling acai berries from the back of his car in his early 20s to now being one of the leading health food brands across the globe. It is incredible to dig deep into the mindset of Dwayne at this part of his life and understand the resilience and their must win attitude that he had and and it's really paying off now. His view on business, life and entrepreneurship is extremely unique and authentic. And I personally believe that's why the brand is so successful. There's no denying that people gravitate towards authenticity and towards people that are passionate about what they do. And these are characteristics that Dwayne possesses. In this episode, we also take a deep dive into the products that Amazonia sell and the meaning behind the brand. 
Another bucket list item ticked off today and I couldn't be more grateful for Dwayne sharing his time and his wisdom with us all. This one is an absolute goodie. So lace up your runners, pour yourself a cup of tea and enjoy the next hour or so of Dwayne Martin's wisdom. I'll catch you guys on the other side. Dwayne Martins, welcome to the Euphoria Health Podcast, mate. How are you? I'm very, very well. Thank you for having me on. Um, excited to chat through some good, um, genuine stuff. So, yeah. Dwayne, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast as well. This has been in the pipeline for a, little, a few months now. We are chatting pre-Christmas and then it was a bit chaotic at the time. So, I'm super excited we allocated some time to, to get into the nitty-gritty of Amazonia Co., your life, your upbringing, but we'll touch on that a little bit later on. For listeners that aren't aware, we're about to you in the world. I know you were explaining it to me before, um, but for people that weren't on the conversation, talk to us a little bit about where you are, Dwayne. Oh, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm based in um, sunny Byron Bay. Um, very blessed to be here. Uh, I've got my office up in the Gold Coast, um, which we're actually in the, the, the brinks of uh, setting, setting up our new facility. Um, and yeah, um, yeah, as I mentioned, beautiful waves, good, good lifestyle, can keep it all healthy up here. And um, yeah, I get to frequent up to the Goldie and uh, it's been a bit of a drama with the border issues, but I've been able to get across there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a whole separate conversation in itself. But I know personally me, I'm so envious of your living conditions up in Byron Bay. It's somewhere I've really wanted to go my whole life. And the one time we got the opportunity to go up, me and my partner, the uh, New South Wales border was closed. So we, we actually couldn't get in there, which was devastating for us. We were just sitting outside and, and waiting to go in. But no, no luck, unfortunately, but definitely heading up there later in the year, which is awesome. Yeah, it's all open eh? up now. So you better get it. It's just uh, very expensive up here. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I've heard. But you know what? I think it's it's really relative to how you're you know you're spending your money. If you're if if you're used to investing in you know healthy healthy living and healthy lifestyle, then it's then it's all relative, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. The waterfalls are free and the surf's free. <laughs> <laughs> so so good. Now, Dwayne, I am super pumped to get into how you built this incredible company, Amazonia Co. But I'd love to bring it back to the beginning and talk to us a little bit about what life was like for you growing up. Yeah. Um. Well, I actually grew up in South Africa, of all places. So I definitely, definitely had a bit of a different upbringing than most. Um. I was kind of a country Africa in South Africa. I was uh, like the only white kid in an all African school, <laughs> more or less. So we were, um, it was pretty amazing because uh, I got to really uh, uh, go in depth into an, a completely different culture that is uh, completely different to Australia. Like I can't begin to explain it, um, but I, I certainly was one of the African fellas and we... There was no skin scenarios there. It was just good times and having good fun and playing rugby and uh, cricket. And, oh, I loved it. We lived on a farm. Um, so I had a really, really beautiful upbringing in, in, in South Africa. Um, we did actually end up having to get out of there because um, uh, we had a bit of a uh, deaths and stuff like that. So, you know, we did kind of uh, move because it was um, a lot safer to in Australia. And I'm very grateful for that move. But um, being able to move from such a, a 
in-depth culture in Africa to such a different culture here in Australia, I thought was actually, I look back on it and I go, wow, it was, um, it was very beneficial because, um, you know, changing uh, the diversity of uh, different settings, um, it really adds to those life, um, life growth and your ability to deal with different personalities and different people as well, huh? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think, you know, life experience and travel and all those sorts of things are, are really invaluable. I want to dive into that a little bit more. So talk to us a little bit about your transition from South Africa to Australia and, and what did you find the most challenging part about integrating the two different cultures? Because they, they are pretty different in, in some ways. Yeah, yeah, very, very different. Um, you know, it was, it was um, I guess it just had to happen, right? Um, I was kind of 11, 12, around that age at the time. I guess the big one was obviously having no friends and kind of, um, uh, you know, no friends and having a very thick accent. <laughs> I got a little bit of flack from the country town in um, Western Australia to start with. But, you know, um, it all come down to once you get to know people on a personal level and, and have a good time with them and, you know, it, it, it kind of... Uh, moved but the, the fact that I was so different to what anyone had ever kind of seen in in that school um was I, I guess the possibly a, a big thing um to start with but again you know got a little bit teased pushed around this and that but you know in the long run it was it, it all worked itself out you know what I mean I found some people that I really enjoyed and and valued me and I valued them and you know I've still got friends from high school you know uh so yeah it was it was definitely that but um I love my sport so I just got really thick in the sport there huh? <laughs> one thing you connect with eh? <laughs> absolutely definitely I, I come from a sporting background as well and you can create great friendships and great mates from that community sport element yeah yeah so that's how it how it kind of flowed I never noticed the um the South African accent but now that as the conversation's going on I can hear tinges of it come back in <laughs> yeah apparently you developed your accent between 11 and 13 so um I've actually got now I've got an Australian accent I would say with tinges of South African so um but back in that day right <laughs> was thick <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. Now, Dwayne, what are your earliest memories of your passion for health and when did that sort of start to develop? You said that you were so, sort of always into sport and, and things like that, but when did you start to sort of create your own definition of health? Yeah, well, I was in uni um, and, you know, don't get me wrong, I was thought I was healthy. You know, there's, a, there's, there's the difference between thinking you're healthy and, and actually living and breathing it and also there's a difference of environment a healthy environment and an unhealthy environment and it's actually very hard to get into a, a good healthy environment you actually have to put significant effort to create a healthy environment for you these days um but anyway uh i thought i was healthy and you know i'd eat a bit of subway and i'd do all of this and i think i'll get my salad here and there and everything like that but i was quite unhealthy I did a lot of sport and everything like that so I guess my it, it sounds a little bit cliche but my, my whole introduction to health is I actually started to do this acai berry stuff and I did the concentrated form it's called this freeze-dried acai it's very concentrated acai and anyway I got onto it right yes I'm selling this acai I bought this little um, distribution business or for a 
person that was bringing it in and you know i thought oh yeah this is great i'll go to the markets and i'll start to sell this stuff you know what i mean um and the reason i got so passionate about selling it is firstly i just smashed it down and for the first time in like a long time i actually had quite a lot of energy throughout the whole day right um i just thought it was normal to feel a little lethargic or this or that which it is to some degree right but i was quite you know uh, a lot of the time right so actually having something and actually it was like my gateway food right <laughs> or my gateway superfood if you could say um and i just got into it and then that actually opened my mind to the fact that hey what else could actually make me feel good and and uh you know how else what other activities can i do to feel good and that's been kind of the journey for me for a long time now is 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 that journey of health and I love the diversification of different things you can do for your health. And it's also, I believe, it's about doing it for the right reasons, right? Everyone does it. A lot of people do it just to, hey, I want to lose a bit of weight or this or that. But for me, it was about, hey, I just love the feeling of, of having a lot of energy and feeling good about myself. And I'm not sitting here saying I have to feel good about myself 24-7, but I really enjoyed the that side of, I was doing it to feel good about myself, if you know what I mean, and, and reward myself, if you could say. So that kind of really started that journey. And I've, I've been really focused in on foods, I've been focused in on, you know, movement, I've been focused in on, you know, creating an environment around myself, that whole health journey has been um, quite good. And yes, been through the ups and downs, but I feel I'm in a very good space at the moment. I think that was beautifully said, Duane, um, touching on what you said earlier, that we as humans these days, we're, we're not really sure of what it's like to feel quote unquote normal. Like we all have our own, you know, quote unquote normal where we're sluggish for periods of the day or, or we think that living with a headache is normal. We don't really know what it's like to feel thriving or energetic. So I love mm -hmm. how you, you spoke about a health journey and, and doing it for the right reasons. I think that yeah, that, that's such a, a fantastic place to begin your health journey and, and in, enlighten this realm of feeling normal because normal is not walking around with a headache or being lethargic all day. Normal is being energetic and vibrant, not all the time, but majority of our day, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think that that word health has been blurred somewhat and we, we sort of all develop our own personal definitions because, it, you know, it is subjective, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And everyone's got their own thing that they're working through. But the big thing for me, I, I've, I've found is my biggest lesson with it is to be actually conscious of your body and to actually go into all, everything that's not working within your body. Because a lot of us, what we do is we palm it external of ourselves. We go, oh, the doctor knows it or this or that. And yes, it's very imperative to get outside advice on certain things. But fundamentally, it's actually your awareness of your body and your awareness of how you're feeling, you know, and what kind of human are you, right? I'm a very, uh, if you could say, I'm quite high strung and I'm, I'm, I'm like, want to do stuff and get things done all the time, right? <laughs> I want to go, 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 right? And, um, you know, the awareness of, of my own personality is very, very important so that I know that, hey, I can't, I, to be, I don't, I don't really function too well in coffee because it takes me too much into the stress state, right? And then I'm not functioning at my, my optimal thing. And I need to remind myself my optimal uh, space or where I want need to go is actually to um, work with that energy, but not have it, 
consume me with stimulants. <laughs> so again, that conscious and awareness of your body, where you're sore, what you're doing, um, and and how you are, I think is a very, very important. That to me has been a very big thing for me. And taking time to actually feel into that is is what's really helped me in that health journey, if you could say. Yeah, I think um, beautifully said, first and foremost, but once we have the ability to start to tap into those those signs and signals of what our body's telling us, I think that's when we can develop an action plan of how we can lead this healthy lifestyle and go along this health journey. It's not about Mm. putting all of our trust into what someone else says our body should be doing. We need to go on a journey and help educate each other on how to listen to our bodies because it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. Yes, the external advice is fantastic, but we need to be able to have that ability to to develop a routine and develop a system that works for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that awareness. Yeah, Definitely. Now, Dwayne, I want to zoom in on the SA areas that you were chatting about before. I want to put a fork in the road, first and foremost. They're still lingering around here in Melbourne about how to actually pronounce the word Asahi. It's, it's spelt very different to how it's pronounced. So I'd yeah. first and foremost tell you, let you tell the listeners how to pronounce it and how it is spelt and then how you found out about this wonderful realm. You sort of dove into the business venture before, but, but what was the first interaction with these berries? Yeah, so, um, okay, so first, first the thing, it's spelled A-C-A-I, right? And everyone calls it Akai. <laughs> it's actually, it, there's a little hyphen under the C and above the I, so it's, it's pronounced Acai. Um, and that's kind of how it's meant to be pronounced. But anyway, Akai, listen, I know what you're talking about. It's just the, the odd Brazilian might go, what are you on about? <laughs> um, that's good. Yeah, so I, I did get introduced. I got introduced to the product um, uh, in WA. I had a, a mate of mine. I was looking. I, I'd just been travelled around around the world, right? I'd been reading all these mindset books, right, and just going, "Oh, this is amazing!" I'm, you know, experiencing, and that's again, travelling was such a big thing, like a, a big learning curve. For me, it wasn't just a booze trip, if you could say. I was 21 years old, um, but it was a it was a very um, beautiful time of life. I was with mates, and but I was reading a lot of books on mindset and entrepreneurship and everything like that. And the great thing with the traveling, I was putting myself in out there situations, conquering fear, uh, and then you know I came back with a, a a sense because I was putting myself out there with the fear and also kind of a really. Uh, awareness of the mindset and how I can get through that I was in a position of I actually genuinely had very strong confidence within myself that whatever I put my attention and and time to right now will succeed right Um, and I guess you know that wasn't the case (laughs) especially early on Um, but I did I a friend of mine had a bunch of frozen acai sitting in a warehouse that he said oh yeah you can just buy the stock and and go and do it so you know i had 3k from my granddaddy's inheritance and a little bit left over from the traveling and you know i just bought a bunch of frozen stock in a warehouse right and it had all these exotic fruits like acerola and kamu kamu nothing i've ever heard about before and probably still people don't quite understand what those things are um but anyway 
it was a bit of a dismal failure because I just didn't know how to sell it, right? I was going out to cafes and they're like going, listen, mate, like, who are you? Firstly, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so I had no choice but to just like open up a little market store, right? And go to the festivals. And, you know, I, I sold a bit of the fruit and I got going with it. And I, I did notice that, hang on, everyone's enjoying this acai stuff. Um, and I had a lot of people coming back for it, you know what I mean? And I was suddenly then got onto it as well and feeling really good on it, right? Um, and that's when I went, okay, screw the rest of this fruit, which I had to mostly throw away. I'm just going to focus on acai and see what happens. Um, so, you know, uh, acai, I found that, hang on, acai doesn't come just as frozen. It comes in a powdered form and, you know, focused really really hard on getting that powdered out into the marketplace and the Fremantle markets I sold it there I sold it in a little juice bar um, you know lugging in freezers in and out of markets was <laughs> interesting I had a lot of a lot of energy at that time and, and I was doing a laboring job as well um, during the week three days a week so you know the laboring would uh, help me pay off the, the daily thing and then the rest of the time I just as much time as I possibly could I could do it on this um uh this acai so it was an interesting time very busy time of life because I was doing uni as well um and you know I got really into the acai and I loved selling it and it started to do all right and you know that's when I actually literally dropped out of uni right um which was an interesting one because the parents weren't very happy about it um but you know it I was following my passion, you know, what excited me. And I was like, oh, this is so much fun. And it's like, I love building stuff and seeing things grow. And, you know, as a small business, you're quite nimble and you can change things and make it go. And, and um, I was just really focused on it, right? Um, and I took acai out to the first health food stores. I went over to Queensland. I met Chris. Um, we kind of started then to, to get it out through Queensland. But um, the great, the big breakthrough for us was when we started to actually get acai out to health food stores nationally. And we kind of went from um, uh, a zero to hero uh, pretty quickly, right? Um, that's obviously a year, year and a half after smashing out markets and everything like that, right? So the powder started to sell in the, the health food stores and rightly so the stuff's like jumbo juice, right? <laughs> get on it, you've got lots of antioxidants and it's just pure freeze-dried acai it's got no other additives right um so it really worked it had it people were taking it feeling good on it and and continuing to take it right so that really sold very well in the health food stores and um yeah the history is history right we we did pretty well and we we've we've been able to grow from that point onwards right yeah, definitely. It's such an incredible journey and I want to unpack that a little bit more. But before we do that, you mentioned the word freeze-dry before and this is something that I think is really popular within the, obviously the acai berry space um, and particularly within the health food realm. For people that don't know what freeze-dried means, can you tell us a little bit about that process and, and how it is good at maximising nutrients? Yeah, so there is different forms of acai um the the best forms obviously it's it's all out of the amazon right so it's all hand harvested for those people that um are concerned about amazon it's doing incredible things over there because this tree grows on you know i think it's two 2.1 million acres in the par the paris state alone that's the state 
uh, where a lot of us say, so it's just, it's like a weed, right? And it grows on the um, estuaries and the locals go and hand harvest it. And you come with the boats and you pick it up and uh, take it straight to the facility and process it, right? So the, the thing is with acai is that it's 95% seed and 5% skin. So the skin of the fruit is just jam-packed full of antioxidants because that's what every skin of every fruit is. Now, if you think about acai, it's actually got no pulp to it, right? So it's just fundamentally skin. And that's why it's so jam-packed full of uh, antioxidants, if you could say. Um, it's also got your omegas in it and everything like that. But anyway, what we do is we process it within the facility and it's it's snap frozen, right? It goes through this corkscrew. Um, it strips all the, the skin off, leaving the seed behind. And then you've got this really thick, nice sludge, if you could say, <laughs> acai sludge, and you snap freeze it, right? And then with the freeze drying process, you get to concentrate it down because you take all the water out of the fruit, right? So not only have you got a very um, concentrated antioxidant base, but then when you extract all the further water out of it, you've got a very, very concentrated um, antioxidant base, right? So, you know, Aurax over 100,000 on multiple tests, it always fluctuates right because it's wild harvested but it's it's very high in antioxidants um all of the time so that's the freeze dried and it's in a powdered form then you've got your pulp which is uh the frozen which is in the cafes and the juice bars and this is a very it's a bit more interesting you get much more flavor with this because it's 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 rich and it's been in its fluid right it's it's kind of uh it's the frozen version so um the freeze dried is actually quite bland but that's that's the great thing with acai. It's got literally no sugar in it. That's the pure acai. There's no natural sugar in it. So it's a sugarless fruit. And if you actually go to Brazil, um, they cook it up with fish. So they, they fry up their fish and then it's a fish sauce of all things. Um, whereas the, um, the, the, the way that it's gone popular is it has come through a lot with the juice bars and they mix blend it up with banana and some creamy stuff like that and sweeten it up like that and that's been another very big popular uh growth but it grew through the jujitsu scene and it grew through the surfing scene because the boys wanted the goods hey so, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and that's kind of where i was selling it early on really um a lot of it if you know what i mean is, is to the brazilians they love it absolutely love it you go and get yourself a nice acai bowl and you hit the surf and you can stay out there all day. <laughs> so that was the, that was the goal. Huh? So, so true. And I think typically down here in Melbourne and especially over in Byron Bay, everyone knows acai from the smoothie bowls. They're so popular down here and, and it's great to know where this fruit grows and, and all the amazing health properties. So next time you guys go and get your acai bowls from your local cafe, I'm sure you'll be well educated on that. Yeah, yeah. And it's really interesting because, uh, you know, 95 to 96% of acai is still consumed within Brazil, right? So it's, it's, it's eaten more than milk in Brazil. So the, the, the guys over there, they, they do a lot of acai, whereas acai, um, external to that, it seems popular here, but it's, it's nothing compared to what's been uh, consumed in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to get over to Brazil to, um, to try it from the roots. I love it. Yeah, it's great there. Now, Dwayne, I want to unpack the entrepreneurial mindset and the sort of self-belief and self-education mindset that you that you had when starting up this Asahi Bear business and then what, what led to Amazonia and Co. You always had this sort of 
mindset to want more and to do better and extract more out of yourself. How did you feel that that helped you when times got tough, particularly selling selling your savers by yourself? How do you feel like that mindset of of do or die sort of sort of helped you along the way to create this company? Yeah, I guess the big thing that I got to highlight is persistence. Hey, oh, persistence. It's been thirteen years I've been going at it right now. Um, you know, and I'm very blessed because I'm in a beautiful full part of the world. I still work a lot, right? Um, and the, the the big thing for me has been persistence and 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 that self confidence, right? And how how do you gather confidence? I guess how is that gathered within yourself? Because you know, ultimately, you're the maker of your existence, right? Um, and a lot of people, including myself, it's all about external, what's happening external, how great and big it could possibly be external um, and, and worrying about that, if you could say. But um, to me, it's, it's, you know, always having to remind myself that it's, it's very much right here within myself. It's the journey inwards rather than the outwards one, right? And the outwards is a reflection of the inwards. So, you know, if you've got good, strong confidence within yourself, you've done the work there, um, you know, that will emanate out. And what you do, you'll do with confidence. And yes, when you get knocked down, that will um, help you up again, if you could say. So for me, that was the, the part that I really, you know, spent some really good time on. And it's not, it's easier said than done, right? It's, that's a very tough one. But you know, to, to build confidence, you need to, um, you know, educate yourself, become knowledgeable in something, give it a go, fail, ongoing, 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 so that you've got this within yourself. Hey, no matter what does go on, everything's a lesson and every single failure, it, it, is, it is a great lesson because I can, there's no one in this world that hasn't failed. And, you know, the more you fail, the more you grow, right? So, um, and the ability to pick yourself up with that and also the trust in that the universe around you, you know, this is a big thing for me, the trust of the universe around you and what you're doing is exactly what needs to happen to you in this time for your growth, if you know what I mean. And it's in essence, to me, that could be a bit more of a, a spiritual thing, if you could say, but to me, it's just makes absolute and utter sense. And the, also the belief that, hey, uh, everything around you is working for you. You know what I mean? Um, and if you've got that, you put that out into the universe and it gives you, gives you it back, right? So, you know, for me, it's been a big one to get into a space where I'm confident about something, if you could say. There's always fear. There's always nervousness. There's always uh, worry. But, you know, that being said, it can, it's always can be overcome. And that's the belief that I have. I can always overcome that fear. I can always overcome that. So yeah. And the universe is on my side and giving me exactly what I need. <laughs> I think that's an amazing bit of advice for any young entrepreneur out there or any person that's looking for a little bit of motivation to get through difficult times, whether that be business or that be life or fitness, whatever you want to put that in. Success isn't exactly linear, but having that ability to, you know, learn from those mistakes, learn from those downfalls is, is the ability to be resilient and, and, and go on to much greater things. And I have a very similar 
philosophy, Dwayne, to you, and, and that's very spiritual in the, in the way that you're exactly where you need to be. So trusting that process and, and not trying to, you know, grapple that too much because the more you fight it, the, the, the worse it gets internally and mentally. So just trusting you're exactly where you need to be and looking for those, those positives in that situation. Mm, absolutely. That's not to say that uh, you can't be persistent in what your beliefs are, but, you know, it's, it's testing you as well, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what's going on. Um, and that's what I feel, you know, to be open with you, no one really knows what's going on. But within yourself on a deeper level, you know what's going on, you know, and you know what you need to do. And it, I guess the more you can tap into that, that knowing that's deep down there, it's not on the peripheral, right? Um, the, the, the more you can trust life a bit more and the more you can step into it. Yes, beautifully said, my friend. Now, I'd love to unpack the journey from how Amazonia and co started. You, you mentioned that you were sort of, you highlighted it before you, you met Chris and you were diving into these markets and, and selling the acai berries. How did this then grow and flourish into the brand that we know today? Yeah, so, you know, we got, we got the freeze-dried acai out to a lot of health food stores and we really just focused, and I got to highlight this, if you're a small business, right, you just need to focus on sales. Like, that's what we only and all we did is focus. And that's kind of what um, a philosophy for our business right now is we're very sales-driven and sales-margin-focused and sales-focused. You need to really focus on sales. And that's what we did. We just focused on sales. Now, you know, strike of luck, you know, again, um, acai became very, very popular during that time. It was on some big shows and everyone was talking about acai, right? Um, and heaven and behold, it was a bit of fluff being talked. I'm not saying that everything was true, but we knew, knew we had an authentic, genuine product, right? So we went out and we sold, 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 and we grew really quickly because we just focused on sales and stock and just ensuring that we got enough stock to sell and selling, 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 right? Um, and we went from hero, zero to hero pretty quickly. We were in 700 stores, um, doing really well with the freeze-dried acai. Um, then we just launched the frozen side of things. Um, so that's when we started to launch the frozen. We took it out to the first cafes in the Gold Coast. And, you know, that was starting to do really well. But then um, we had the old, I don't know if you remember, then the Brisbane floods. I can't remember exactly when it was, but that wiped out a lot of stock for us, right? The problem is it didn't necessarily wipe out our stock straight up. Um, within the Brisbane floods, the stock was put up high within the warehouses, right? Then the warehouses flooded and it created this kind of hot box thing within the within the warehouse because all the water was on the ground and then there was no air conditioning because all the power and everything went out and then it created this hot box so we were like yes we've gotten away with it you know what i mean we we had a lot of stock on the ground right and we started to send product out and heaven behold the product that was started to send out was all off <laughs> because it had been sitting within the smeltering hot uh, warehouses for the last three weeks because no one could access them, et cetera, et cetera. So heaven behold, we're setting out all this, uh, if you could say, rancid stock, um, and that just caused havoc, if you know what I mean. So we had built something pretty nice to that stage, but that kind of really got us back on our, back on our, uh, back on our knees, if you know what I mean. So it was a very, very interesting time that that resulted in kind of really going back to 
just myself and Chris and just going and just selling what we can again and just having to get stock in and, and trying to fix the whole situation. But it was a bit of havoc there for a good six months, hey? Um, and then, uh, but luckily for us, the frozen side of the business actually held us up during that period of time. And, you know, it was a, it was a tough period of time. Right. But, um, you know, you just start over again. Hey, it happened for a reason. Um, it was very devastating. And, you know, that's when we started to build the frozen into a lot more focus on the frozen into a lot of places. And, you know, that really actually was very surprising how well that took off because suddenly for the first time, people were actually experiencing the flavor of acai where we were just selling it on the health in the freeze-dried form. So that really, really started to sell. Um, and we, again, it was street fighter mentality, man, put on the shoes and hit the road and just hit every single cafe I could get my, my hands on, right? It was like... Um, uh, it was like a dating 101 thing, just getting good at getting rejected. <laughs> just persistence, right? <laughs> and I was just going into cafe after cafe after cafe and just having to try and get some of these cafes to swap over to us, et cetera, et cetera. So there was a lot of, it was a lot of, it was, they, they call them the street fighters in Brazil, if you know what I mean. Like you're just on the road selling, selling uh the the goods if you know what i mean and that's what the focus is and we, we did that and we did that for another year another two years and you know we got good distribution and we focused on that and you know uh seeing that our freeze-dried was uh doing really well again in the health food stores uh we decided to launch the raw brand which was a little bit of a you know brainchild in the sense that hey you know, we wanted to get plant protein out there. We've heard a lot about that. We also wanted to really focus on whole food vitamins and minerals as well. And, you know, that that's really missing within our, within our health thing because, you know, to me, for me, it was discovering, uh, to be open with you, how bad way is for you in the form that it clogs up your system and creates mucus in the gut and everything like that. And also, you know, we all supplementing, right? But the supplements that we're supplementing with are lab-made synthetic supplements. And again, you know, what is the effect of that? Who knows? Um, but the, the thing what we were, I really wanted to bring it back to is nature, right? Bring it back to nature, bring it back to the whole food form, bring it back to what our bodies evolved with over billions of years and bring it back to those natural elements because, you know, Food can be the greatest uh, healer and revitalizer, um, as well as the slowest form of poison, right? So, you know, that was kind of the inspiration into launching Raw and, and getting that out into the marketplace, certified organic, focusing on that, focusing on products that actually really work and actually give results. And that's, I guess, been the whole essence of what we've been trying to do as a business. It's been hard for us. Um, because when you actually deal with authentic goods and really good quality ingredients and stuff like that, you pay more for it, right? And you don't have huge marketing budgets that other companies have, like your proctors and all of that kind of stuff. You have to, you really have to, you have to rely more on word of mouth. You need to rely more on, on people actually understanding a little bit more of health and you need to kind of really get it out like that. So, um, you know, that launched further into the health food sector and, and really propped up that. And that was obviously two, three years in the making, right? Um, after the um, uh, Brisbane floods. So yeah, 
that, you know, we grew and we grew from that position and, you know, there's still a lot of other things that have happened from then to now, but, you know, that's kind of how the, the business uh, continued to grow. Yeah, I think that's such an amazing journey and particularly dealing with hardship. And the one thing that, or the two things that I took out of that little recap of your journey is persistence and relationship building. I think as, as human beings, we, we thrive on connection and interaction and, and, you know, having a conversation with people. And I think that if you strip every business down or everything back to its roots, it's, that's at the forefront, connection and relationship building. I bring it back to my personal training business and philosophy. I'm not necessarily focused that much on the actual exercise component. Yes, that's important, but I'm more focused on connection and, and developing common ground, building a relationship and, and therefore developing trust in that person. And I think when it comes down to business, particularly when you're selling products like a, a niche acai berry, I think that's really important to develop that trust and, and that sense of um, understanding that this product is, is good. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I've kind of uh, over the years has been very interesting in the growth journey because obviously I've grown from just myself out on the road to self and Chris to actually having members of staff is, is really actually understanding the, the personality types um, that you are and what floats your boat and how you position yourself within the business um, and what you focus on, right? And, you know, I've, I've done a, a multiple little things, done the Clifton Strengths um, protocol, which, you know, you, it's, a re, it's 85 bucks and you, you, you answer a whole bunch of questions and you start to really, I, I like to do these external things to get an understanding of what, what makes me tick and what I want to be positioned in, right? And for me, you know, I'm, I do do well at relationships. I'm not great at relationships, right? Um, but I can step into it if I need to. What, what really ticks my boat is um, I love strategy. I love setting up, uh, being a strategic thinkers and setting up strategies and plans and, you know, that. And I love uh, innovation and futurism and I love to be in the future, right? Uh, I love to, uh, you know, imagine the world I want to be in or imagine where the world's going and, and build for that you know and and those are the the things those are my strengths if you could say um as an entrepreneur whereas my execution and my my other aspects like that are a little bit lackluster um happy to step into it when it has to happen but you know that's kind of it's also about kind of understanding what are your strengths and where you want to position yourself particularly when you start to get people around you right um and understanding your weaknesses uh, makes you understand what kind of people you need to be uh, strengths, people's strengths you need to get around you as well. So, you know, you might have your first, um, you know, your first or second employee, I'd be very, very heavily suggesting that you look at your Clifton strengths or any kind of um, a multitude of those, understanding exactly where you're lacking, you probably already know, <laughs> but actually then getting the people that you hire to actually do those tests as well to see how they complement you. And that's one way to kind of start of things. Yeah, I think that's fantastic advice for any small business or any business out there that's looking to hire employees or people looking to go into partnership. You don't want to 
hire someone that's exactly like you that is not focusing on other elements of the business you want to create this full package so yeah delivering a concept that is that you're lacking in can can help and someone else might string yeah i wish someone had told me that to be open with you because um you know i'm very grateful for my journey and this is the journey that we uh, all have right um but we generally as we grow as an entrepreneur and we start to grow and get things going we generally just hire our friends <laughs> yes which is cool um you got to do things on the cheap and you got to get that going right um and that's exactly what i did i hired friends and everything like that but i do wish that someone had kind of really highlighted what i've just highlighted there so that there would be method in the madness um to actually hire the right people as you grow from friends to actually uh semi-professional etc etc if you know what i mean so you know that and also understanding your own personality and what your love and drives you is, is such an important thing beautifully said Dwayne. now looking back on this global health food supplement range company that you've created looking back to when you were selling acai berries in the markets how has your definition of health changed and, and how does it feel to know that you've created something that, you, that you're both passionate about and it's affecting and impacting so many people's lives for a positive? Yeah, um, well, yeah, the big thing is, you know, life is a, complete, a continual journey. Um, to me, there is necessarily, it's just an ongoing journey, right? And I love it that way. Um, and I you know, <laughs> a lot of us get caught up in our younger years when we're free and, and everything like that. Um, <laughs> and rightly so, they were good times. Um, but, you know, I'm, you know, really trying to embrace as I move through life, embrace the different stages of life. I'm coming, I'm 37 now, coming up to 40. I've got a, a child, everything like that. So for me, the big, the big thing and the journey of health, if you could say, and where I am with that is, you know, it's an, it's still a journey, right? And I love the exploration of health. I like to uh, move. I like to do this. Um, you know, I'm in a in a space where I've been able to create, like, it's been a journey in the sense of creating an environment around myself. So no matter what I do, I'm in an environment of health, right? Um, and I think a lot of people that to is a very strong foundation and it's also working from a business side of things, setting up the foundations to scale um, and also setting up the foundations for ongoing health and an environment of ongoing health. And that means clean, healthy water, um, you know, uh, good uh, routines of organic food and stuff like that. Um, also, you know, my movement and, and doing movements that really, um, you know, conscious awareness of where I'm stiff within the body and, you know, what stress is doing to me and I'm tied around the neck, I surf a bit, this and that, and getting and clearing myself in nature. Um, the big one for me is I'm an absolute nature boy. I'm a barefoot on the ground. The more connection to the big mother, the, the stronger I am, right? Um, and uh, that, that to me is something that I've continued to grow into in my health journey is that, 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 that connection and that deeper connection i believe it's it's possibly the um the the deepest connection you can have because you're ultimately going to die right um and what is death maybe it's a transition you know everyone's got uh, some form of understanding of that but um you know ultimately it's a return to to nature and the the flow of everything right so for me that's kind of where my health journey has been 
um, is, is moving more and more into that space. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful and very grateful for the, the business that I've built, um, well, not myself, business that the people and um, I've been able to lead, if you could say. Um, I'm very grateful for the people I've been able to surround myself with. I'm very grateful for the um, somewhat abundance that it's created me. I'm grateful for the, the impact that I've been able to have on a lot of people and actually getting genuine uh, feedback on, hey, listen, this has really helped me out, mate, or this and that. And that that's what I froth for, right? So I really love that side of things. I love to help people and um, I love to get good good products. And I guess the, the what it has shown me, the business and the growth of the business is that, 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 that need to stay authentic, particularly in this day and age, because um, there's a lot of junk out there <laughs> and there's a lot of rubbish business out there as well. And to me, it's about, you know, understanding what I believe business is actually, uh, uh, if you could say, and is particularly as an entrepreneur, is, a, is an emanation of what you are within yourself emanates out within the business, right? And it does take time. The business is a slow moving beast. It takes time to get to where it really needs to be, right? But, you know, I, I ultimately within myself, I want to be authentic and I want to provide authentic good products and I want to help generally help people, if you know what I mean. Um, and yes, it is always the money component within that, but um, I have a thorough belief that it can happen together, right? Uh, and I, what I've experienced over the years is the more genuine or authentic that you stay to what you believe in with the emanation of your business, um, the more successful it is um, because hence you've got more drive to make it happen and more confidence and more willingness to really live and breathe and feel it, right? And um, that's how, I guess, the journey has amalgamated. And yes, it's never been perfect. And yes, it's gone off the authentic track and it's gone there and I've launched products that I'm not necessarily proud of, et cetera, et cetera, right? But what it's happened over the years has gone, okay, it's, it's moving into that space more and more that really um, uh, is aligning with myself and makes me willing to get up in the morning and, 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 and drive it out, eh? <laughs> I think that is so beautifully said. I had another couple of questions here related to your main message and, and advice for other people, but I think you've summed it up beautifully in that little nutshell there, Twain. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us and, and giving us an insight into what it takes to build a, an authentic business and, and develop persi persistency and consistency within this realm. Before we wrap up the conversation, I'd love to share with the listeners where we can buy the products and, and find more about the, more about the brand. Yeah. Um, you know, your local health food stores, they've always been great supporters of us. Um, local health food stores they generally have a good, good amount of the raw range generally have our frozen in the freezers. You can get our frozen acai and Woolworths and Coles um, in the frozen section under the blueberries section. Um, our raw is also in Coles, our little canisters, our plant protein. And um, yeah, and Chemist Warehouse is another really great, uh, you know, they've got our bulk raw ingredients. So if you're after plant protein, if you're after um certified organic good stuff uh we do really well in chemist warehouse so again you know we've carved our little niche within these spaces um and we've got a great following so 
And, you know, people take the product, feel good on it and take it again, right? And when you're actually um, buying these kind of products like this, you're actually getting great value for money as well. Um, getting good amounts of certified organic protein at the best possible price you can, right? Yeah. So, um, and then obviously the acai is, uh, it makes you feel great and it tastes great. It's great for those smoothies and try a little breakfast bowl in the morning is an interesting one, some frozen banana and that, but geez, over summer, once you've got one bowl in you, <laughs> you ain't going to stop. And <laughs> hey, that's the truth. Every day, my summer summer go-to nice cream, which what I call it, making the night, is the vanilla and cinnamon uh, raw protein with the acai berries, <laughs> the frozen packs, and that, that just hits the spot beautifully, a nice little treat for those hot summer days. So I personally love the, the brand, the products themselves, and, and love the message behind them, Dwayne. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks for getting me on here. It's always, always good just to, you know, as I talk things through, it's it's always good to remind myself as well, right? It's like I'm learning as it kind of comes out sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. absolutely. I think I think reflection on on the journey is something that we don't do often enough as humans we we almost we want more we want more and we forget to live in the now and then we forget to recap what we've built and celebrate the success that we've made so having the ability to sit down and share this is is awesome yeah thanks matt and thanks for creating a a great environment i felt very open Well, there you have it, friends. What an amazing conversation that was from business to health and wellness. I think this conversation had it all. I do have to apologize for the sound quality at parts of this podcast. That was Zoom podcast recordings in a nutshell, as raw and as open as that gets. So I do apologize, but thank goodness that we can record face to face now and i'm so looking forward to hearing your feedback on the episode and i hope that contents of the podcast resonated with you as it did with me Dwayne, thank you so much for your time today mate it was unreal picking your brain and i can't wait to catch up in byron bay Guys, if you're loving the podcast, don't forget to head over to iTunes and Spotify and leave a rating and a five-star review. It would mean the absolute world sharing this content with more and more people. That's all I have for you this week, friends. I hope you stay safe, stay well, get moving, drink good coffee, and I'll see you next time on the Euphoria Health Podcast. Bye for now.